What's been happening in the last few months in Twin Cities real estate? Today on the show, we're going to discuss some market stats. We're also going to tackle the guaranteed offer program that everybody's been seeing around town. And then lastly, we're diving deep into the mortgage industry. Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast featuring Paul St. Andrew, Justin Sheeler, Joel Benson, and Greg Rios. Paul and Justin are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. And Joel and Greg are mortgage consultants with Truestone Home Mortgage, a division of Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union. And now, Twin Cities on the Move. Uh, welcome to our show. This is episode number one of Twin Cities on the Move. My name is Paul St. Andrew. I'm a realtor with Remax Results. I'm here today with three of my friends. Thanks, Paul. I'm uh, Justin Sheeler with Remax Results as well. And uh, we're also here today with Joel Benson, Truestone Home Mortgage. Yep, I'm Joel Benson, Truestone Home Mortgage. We're a division of Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union. We're an equal opportunity lender. My NMLS ID is 106-4642. And that's all the uh, legal disclaimers I want to get out today. Yeah, and uh, I'm Greg Rios. I'm with uh, Truestone as well. Uh, my direct number is 612-636-0245. My NMLS ID is 1505482, and we are not affiliated with Remax or Minnesota Podcasting. Our goal here with this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is just to try to educate you, give you a little bit of information. Um, the real estate market seems to be something that everybody loves to talk about. I find it, I, I'm standing in line at the grocery store, going to the gym. There's always somebody that wants to talk about home buying. Our, again, our goal here is to kind of just give you a little bit of what's going on in the market as far as lending goes, as far as uh, what's happening with housing. And then just kind of give you some some ideas and some tips and what's you know where things might be trending and might be heading. We're going to be posting this uh, podcast all over the place, and we welcome your comments, uh, your suggestions, and topics today. Just a quick overview. We're going to um, talk about some uh, market stats as far as the mortgage industry goes, also as far on the real estate side and the housing industry. Next, we've all seen this guaranteed offer program that's kind of hitting by storm across the Whoosh. Twin Cities in all kinds of various forms and shapes. And then lastly, um, we're going to draw a name out of the hat and see who we can get to know just a little bit better here today. So let's get started here with market stats. Um, Just a few things. I just kind of dug up a few things just in the last months of 2018 um, and then going into February of 2019 here as well. Um, And then just overall in 2018, home prices, um, I think as we all saw, Kind of took a bit up, a bit of an uptick. One of the nice things that started as well after I, I think I felt it after the Fourth of July or so. I don't know about you guys, but inventory started to raise. Yeah, um, going into fall, uh, that was you know that felt good. It was actually the first time since uh, you know November was the first month since 2015 that they say that there was an increase in inventory across the Twin Cities. Um, I think that buyers should expect that to continue. That's really, huge. Yeah, yeah. That's do you, really do you see that? Absolutely. As you're going around showing houses? We need more. Just to be clear, we could really use a lot more inventory, but this is a, this is a great sign. This is what we've been waiting for for, God, four years. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, And then it's also interesting, too. I, I know sales were down a little bit. It showed, too. It's about 9 Nine, well, almost ten percent, nine point nine percent in December. I, did you guys notice that as far as the people, you know, putting in mortgage applications? Absolutely. I, I'd say probably starting late third, beginning of fourth quarter last year, I saw a, a 
definite dip and you know winter is always a tough time in our industry mm-hmm. um i i suppose yours too uh, the, the cold outside the it, snow yeah kinda, people are hibernating <laughs> people don't want to move their christmas tree right you know? exactly <laughs> that's kind of the way it goes so yeah no we did notice it i i noticed it i think people just got tired of losing so many times we would have multiple offer scenarios and and that would happen and i think that you know these buyers just got beat up Really? Absolutely. Yeah, they're frustrated. They, yeah. They're burned out, some of them. And, they are. And you're right. They, they actually took time off. They just stopped looking for a little while. And they didn't leave. No. They're still they're on the passively right looking. Yeah. And we're starting to see them come back into the market. But, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right, Paul. Yeah. So, no, and I think that going forward here in the springtime, I bet probably that you guys will see an uptick in your new mortgage applications. I think those buyers will come back. Uh, especially with this increase in in homes out there, it's not as cutthroat. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let me ask this then: from the real estate side, I'm actually seeing my clients in multiple offers probably earlier in the season this year than I have previously. It's starting already. Yeah. Usually, it's we're waiting till like the second or third week of February before things really pick up, and we were getting calls right after the first. Of the we year. were. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, true. that's a great sign. But yep. It is. It is. Yeah. So so hopefully that inventory is going to you know start to we got to kick our sellers in the pants here and tell them to hurry up and yeah get the, if you're get looking that to sell down. i mean boy it's it's one of the best times you could possibly it is so. it is it's interesting yeah they say that the, you know it again back to the inventory the month's supply of inventory was up over 13 percent um and that went but that it's kind of, it says well that's great it's up over 13 percent but it's up to 1.7 months of inventory that's currently on the market. Now, uh, a stable market is right about five or six months of inventory. It, then, it, you know, it would be stable. Would it, be a, it wouldn't be a seller's market or a buyer's market. Nice balance. Obviously, at 1.7 months, it is a seller's market big time. So, yeah, now's the time. Go get your rooms painted. Get them. Let's, let's throw the sign in the yard. Amen. You know, that's, a, that's for sure. So, and also, you know, sellers are, and this is an interesting statistic too. And um, I don't know, Joel, you can probably see, you see a lot of purchase agreements. Um, they say that sellers in December received 96.9% of list price. And that tells me two things is that buyers out there are, when you list your house, you should price it correctly. Um, and because they're getting close, very close to list price. So the days are gone of throwing a sign in the yard and saying, you know, well, let's just price, let's, we, we need some wiggle room. So we're going to price it for, you know, ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 over. Um, I don't think that that's really a good strategy anymore. No, that's a great point, Paul. And just to, just to drive that home a little bit further, the disadvantage as a seller of listing higher and if it doesn't sell statistically, you're more likely to get less than you would have if you would have just priced it closer to market value. So that can be a very expensive mistake, and that's one you'd want to avoid. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure you're, yeah, you just play catch up. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're just constantly chasing the market with that. So, and I know, Joel, when you see these purchase agreements, you know, you guys, have you seen, you know, I'm sure you compare them to what the list price is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that one of the things that I notice quite often is that when, when a buyer um, is offering on a home that they think, might be overpriced, that, that's, it's a turnoff for them, you know, mm-hmm. and particularly if they see that it's been listed for a while. So if a home is, is you know, if it's overpriced, the likelihood of it being on the market a little bit longer, it, you know, and that, that is also a, a factor that the buyer thinks about. I'm certainly not, you know, an expert in real estate, but I, I see from my client's perspective, you know, what they're looking at when they're comparing one home to another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I find myself when I talk to my customers and, and they're out there 
making bids on homes for the homes that have been on the market for a long time, you know, when you talk to them, they almost say to themselves, what's wrong with that home? There must be something wrong. Yeah. So they're always skeptical Mm -hmm. that, you know, they don't want to buy the grenade or whatever. (laughs) So, um, yeah, they're, they're a little bit more hesitant on those homes that have been on the market for a while. Yeah. Lastly, the one thing that I thought (laughs) was interesting and just this little bit of research that I did. Now, the median sales price in the Twin Cities was up 4% now to 258,000. Incomes haven't really kept pace. There's becoming a bit of an affordability crunch. Absolutely. That, and that's one of the things that, you know, why I always encourage people, if they're even interested or thinking about it, you know, to get pre-approved first, find out what kind of buying power you actually have. You know, everybody, you, you drive around, you look and you see a house that you really like. The first question is, can you afford it? Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that you're not looking at homes you can't afford. Well, coming up here, we're going to tackle the guaranteed offer, the big, bad guaranteed offer. That'll be right around the corner. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to Twin Cities on the Move. In this segment, we're going to tackle the Guaranteed Offer Program. Now, I'm sure that you've seen advertisements, um, billboards, all kinds of stuff around the Twin Cities with uh, guaranteeing an offer on your home. And In six hours, 12 hours, 24 uh, hours, 48 hours. 28 minutes, you know, <laughs> they'll show up with a briefcase full of money and out yeah. you go. Um, we'd probably want to start with the process. And every company that offers a guaranteed program is a little bit different. But basically, the iBuyer or an agent representing them advertises the property, either on a billboard or on the Internet or on radio. You hear a lot of radio advertisements. And then a seller will hear that or see that, and they'll respond. They'll ask, they'll request an offer. And uh, usually an agent or a representative of that iBuyer company will submit an offer to them, and it'll be a guaranteed offer. And it also has a market analysis. And there's a little bit of a catch there because the person buying the property is telling the seller how much it's worth. So there might be a little huh. bit of a, there's conflict, a little conflict there. A huh? slight conflict of interest there. Mm-hmm. But um, they're trying to explain why they feel that it's worth that. Okay. So then the seller will take that offer and they'll review that. And then they'll also review the fees that are included with that. Okay. And, um, and then if they accept that, then the iBuyer company – is going to yeah so do a home inspection. They call it a home assessment. That's the next final step before they really kind of solidify things. Okay. And then they, we're finding that they'll often ask for they'll, they'll try to renegotiate the price a little bit after the home inspection. Okay. Anywhere from point five to one percent. So on a two hundred thousand dollar home, you're talking a thousand to two thousand dollars more that the seller would probably be giving up. So not all the time, but but sometimes. Okay. So what is it? I'm. I've never heard this term, iBuyer, Great before. Question. Is that, yeah. Do you go to the Apple store for one of those? <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's designed to kind of mimic that because it's a lot of it's done online. It's meant to be convenient. And it's basically just the company that's offering that guaranteed offer program. And the seller, when they're submitting that request, is usually doing everything online. Absolutely. So the first question that comes to my mind, just from a, like maybe from a consumer standpoint, is is the the company offering the guaranteed offer – are they affiliated with the real estate company, or are they completely separate entities? Right now, most of the time, they're not. Um, but we are going to see very soon affiliations there. Well, because okay. the thought that I'm wondering about here is then, is that market analysis, is it a standard market analysis that a real estate company would normally do? Or is it a separate analysis based on, for example, what 
they want to sell that property for after they buy it from you with their guaranteed offer? It's a good question, Joel. It's usually, it, it can be both. Sometimes they're including all their fees and everything all in that offer with an explanation of this is why we're offering you this. And we've had sellers say, well, why do I have a $200,000 home but they're they're only offering me one hundred and sixty thousand, and they're really disappointed. I mean, they they saw the advertising and and they were, they're they excited initially, and then you know they back off that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And other times we're seeing that they're just providing a separate market analysis, and then they'll explain the fees later. I mean, I kind of view this. You know, I I watch uh, Pawn Stars, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I view this. Like they're coming in, they're buying this house, and they're gonna you know they hit you with the one sixty offer, and what they what they're gonna say is. I got to make money on this too, yeah. right? Because they're not doing it because they're nice people and for yeah. free. So you're getting pinched there as the homeowner because they're going to make a little bit. And then, you know, obviously you get the convenience of the guaranteed offer and maybe the expediting of it, but, mm-hmm. you know. At a price. At a price. Yeah, at what is price. the motivation yeah. of that iBuyer? And it's just like any other investor. They need to make money. And in order to do so, they have to buy that below market value so that they can turn around and sell it at market value to make a profit. It's really right. that simple. They have to buy it below market value. Sure. How how far below do you think it is usually? Do you well, that's the first question that sellers typically have, yeah. and it really comes down to the fees involved. And we typically see a couple different fees, and, and not always all at the same time, but the first fee is usually a service fee that the iCompany charges. And that can be as high as 6 to even 13% in okay. really extreme cases. But let's just say even on the lower end, now, now you're talking about the same price as just a uh, using a traditional real estate, a local real estate expert. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, we sometimes see, not always, we also see a liquidity premium. And that is the premium an I company sometimes charges because they're paying cash. So they expect hmm. a deal. They're taking more of a risk because they're paying cash, and they're assuming that you're accepting less of a risk by receiving cash. Okay. And we've seen those as high as 5 to 10% on top of the service fee. So an additional, you're talking ten to $20,000 on just a $200,000 home, and on a, on a more expensive home, it can be even higher. Just to be clear, not always. They're not always charging the liquidity premium, but we've seen that so where I'm they are charging that and the service huh. fee. The thing that keeps dinging in my head right now is what's the motivation of the consumer to do this? I mean, unless, you know, we're being transferred for a job. We have to move in three weeks. Yeah. You know, where would where would the benefit be? There, there are pros and cons. And, and again, the pros would be the cash offer. You're not dealing with an appraisal, so you don't have to worry about that. About the only contingency you're really worried about is the inspection. And they may beat you up a little bit on that. But once you get through that, then it's pretty much a done deal. We've seen sellers accept the offer in, in, in circumstances like, let's say you have an aunt that passed away in Wyoming or somewhere, and you don't know anybody in Wyoming, and you don't know any agents out there either. So what are you going to do, fly out there? And maybe it's part of a inheritance where it's split between six people. And so you're really not going to lose that much by giving up a little bit to get a cash offer. So in some circumstances, it's easier to just take that money and be done with it. Also, if, you're, if your primary focus isn't to get the most out of your house, if you're not trying to maximize your dollar, you're more worried about getting that money quicker, if that's a bigger priority to right. you, then you might take that, that guaranteed offer and maybe take a little less money. Bottom line, what do you think a person should do? If here I am, I have a house, I want to sell it, and this pops up, and I want to consider it. I, what, what would be your, you know? Well, 
I, I may be a little biased because you know, I'm a local real estate. I'd like to think I'm a local real estate expert. <laughs> right. Of course but, you are. But like, uh, by, like Paul, um, we, we'd love it if you used us as, our, as your resource. But I always recommend just talking to a local real estate expert. Most experts will, will give you a true market value free mm-hmm. of charge. So it's not going to cost you anything. And you can compare that to the guaranteed offer program. And most most agents – can offer you an iBuyer program or will be able to shortly. So it would be great to talk to a local real estate expert first and then see what's best for you. Right. Yeah. Good. So good. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. In this segment, we just kind of want to focus a little bit on mortgages. And uh, Greg... Joel from True Stone Mortgage, you guys are the go-to guys here. What do you got for us? All right. Well, first of all, uh, True Stone Home Mortgage, we're a division of True Stone Financial Federal Credit Union. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about, we can talk about market trends and rates and things like that, but I think that's probably a little bit less relevant than sort of a little bit of real-world stuff. You know, uh, What's the benefit of working with a company like ours, a smaller you know, local company? And, and to me, you know, versus an online company or maybe, you know, kind of the big box lenders, um, you know, not naming any names, but we all know, you know, th- there's good experiences and there's bad experiences. One of the things that I, that I like to point out, we, ha- similar to what, to, you know, to the real estate market, we have kind of our pulse on the industry locally. And that's one of the, the important things I think that a lot of clients don't take into consideration. When I, you know, whether it's a referral or, or, or wherever I get a client, one of the first questions I, I mean, almost without fail, the first question I'm asked is, what's your interest rate? Well, the, I don't know. You know, it, it depends on you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it depends on what are you buying? You know, what mm-hmm. what does your credit look like? There's a lot of factors that go into that. The reality is, if you were to pull 20 lenders, we're all going to be very close. The interest rate is not that important. And historically, we're at ridiculous lows right now. Um, from a trend standpoint, uh, Greg dives into this a little bit more deeply with the bond markets than I do because I just I think it's less important than a lot of people do mm-hmm. um, it's a price tag right yeah. And, yeah. and do you pay for price tag sure but to me the service is far more important than, than the price so for me the fact that I have knowledge of the local market you know at True Stone for example we have local you know in-house processing underwriting our closing department all under one roof I work out of our uh, corporate office in Plymouth and if you know if there's an issue on a file I can walk across the room and, and talk to an underwriter. There's hundreds of programs in the marketplace. First of all, do you know what all those programs are? Do you know if you qualify for those programs? So not only having someone local but somebody experienced, you know, somebody you can sit down with across the table and, and get to know and make sure that you have, you know, you build a rapport and you, you have somebody you're comfortable working with. And that's mm-hmm. something that you know, the accessibility, I think, is key. I mean, you know, people always ask me, you know, you work, you work at a credit union. Do you, do you work 8 to 5? No, I don't. I always tell people I work twenty or I'm available twenty four seven. I don't work twenty four seven, right? So if if I have a real estate partner that you know they're looking at properties and they want me to write up a pre approval approval letter at eight o'clock at night, I'm gonna do that. You know, for me it's a matter of just opening up my laptop and taking ten or fifteen minutes to to do that. And I think that's one of the benefits where, you know, I always tell my clients when we first meet, look, if you have if you're out looking at properties and you're just trying to determine whether you can afford a property, yeah, you know you were pre approved for X amount, but What's the payment? What is this really going to cost me each month? I tell them, call me, shoot me a text, whatever, yeah. whatever you need to do. Obviously, we work hand in hand, you know, mortgage lenders and real estate people. So it's just like, you know, you guys probably would prefer to have a local lender. 
someone that you can call to the carpet or just have a better footing versus the online bank that might be closed after eight to five something goes on on the weekend you need it and you can't get a hold of it you know it can be a nightmare like you're kind of talking no, absolutely about. as a as a realtor it makes me nervous if i don't know the lender absolutely I, it does right away i have to get if i don't know if and and i'm you know i don't want to steer any of my clients if they have a relationship with a lender um whether it's Truestone or a different bank or a different mortgage brokerage, and they feel that, you know, they've established this relationship and they want to work with them, well, that's great. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, my next question then is, can I, do you mind if I get a hold of this person? And I want to contact yeah. them and I want to see it, you know, and I always, I, I, you know, and then I have other lenders in my back pocket that I know can get the job done because it, it's, when you're, you know, everybody's kind of just marching hand in hand down the road here after we get a house under contract and we get through the inspection and get through all of this process. It's about, you know, it's usually typically a month to six weeks or so, depending on everybody's timing. But we're all kind of strolling down the, this little yellow brick road together. And to find out that as a seller, if, if, it's, a, if it's my listing, to find out if, that, that the buyer can't perform, uh, for for a seller, I mean, yeah, that takes the wind right out of his sails. And you don't know what could happen. He might have a house that he has to sell this house in order to buy this house. And all of a sudden, it's just this domino effect that can go down the line. So having, being able to communicate with the lender as a listing agent is key. As a buyer's agent, it's even more important to have that relationship and to know that you're showing your client the right houses that are not only the right fit for them, as their family, but also affordability wise. Here's a question I have for both of you guys. So something I run into is people rush to get pre-approved. So maybe they'll do it with Quicken or whoever it is just to get that initial pre-approval. They'll submit the offer with that pre-approval and then they'll shop for a lender. A lot of questions I'm getting from buyers are, does that matter if they switch the lender after the offer is accepted? To me, I think it's a bit of a red flag as a listing agent. It makes me very nervous. Yeah. I mean, when, when someone wants to switch lenders, the first thought is, oh, my God, what happened? Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> what, 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 went, what went wrong? You automatically go to the worst-case scenario. Yeah, yeah, what went wrong? So what do you typically wrong? ask that question? Yes. Why, what is your motivation why? for changing yeah. lenders? Yeah, or mm-hmm. I just say, what went wrong? What, what happened? See what, yeah, make them squirm a yeah. little and then have them answer. What, why, you know? Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to, to touch on real quick, though, because Paul mentioned it, myself, I really feel like you know, we are walking down the road together. Me, the, you know, the, the, the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, the mm-hmm. client, we're, we're, it's a partnership. You know? mm-hmm. and, and the goal is for all of us to get to the destination, the closing table, right? So one of the first things that I always do is I'm always going to let the, the client know that, hey, I'm going to talk to your agent so that they're comfortable with me. I'll, in a lot of cases, I first let them know, hey, because I'm usually dealing with the people buying the home, right? I'm finding, helping with the financing. So then I'm going to let them know that, hey, I'm, I'm open to talking with the selling agent as well. Because a lot of times when you pre- present an offer, me having that conversation with them just so that they know that, hey, this guy sounds competent. Hopefully that's – I mean, I'm hoping this is their mm-hmm. response. This guy sounds competent. And I think that you know, I have a comfort level with the financing can make it a lot easier for, you know, for them to accept an offer in a lot of cases. Yeah, and as a listing agent, it it's awesome to hear from the the oh, mortgage yeah, person. I, I usually call. Them. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah it's I nice usually, to have them initiate that contact. That's, but that's yeah, what I was going to say. If they don't, I'll contact I'll, yeah, them. I'll, yeah. Yeah. Introduce myself. Yeah. And, I rarely get that call. By the way, oh, I see. make that call. 
on almost every transaction. Awesome. But I, every yeah. now and then I'll get the call, but not that often. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question too? In terms of the the services that uh, Greg and Joel provide, um, what separates you guys from some of the big box stores? One of the things that that I think uh, our greatest strengths is that we view it as a relationship, not a transaction. But we are able to offer all those services. So if you want, you know, FHA financing, VA financing, we have investors for all those types of products. Traditional, conventional loans. Um, we actually will. We're a seller servicer as well, meaning you can close your loan with TrueStone and make your payments to TrueStone, which is you know is a rarity in the industry. Typically, after close with with the smaller brokers, that is after close, the loan gets sold to one of the big lenders. Yeah, all it doesn't time. happen for us. You're going to actually make your payments to us, with, with, depending on the product. So if it's a it's a government loan or you know VA FHA, um, we don't service those, but we continue to be the main source of contact after close, which is one of the things I always stress to my clients that we're, you know, this is a relationship that we're building. I hope that, that you come to me the next time you need financing, or if you just have a question, if you, you know, you get your monthly statement and something doesn't quite add up, escrows are screwed up or something that's confusing, call me. I want to be their source for anything mortgage related. I don't think you get that kind of service when you deal with these big box online lenders. Well, and again, I think a lot of that goes back to experience. If you're working with somebody who's experienced, I mean, I, I've been in this business for almost 20 years. I still see things new every yeah. single month. I, I come across a situation that I feel like I know about, then I dig into it a little bit and I learn something new. It happens, you know, and, you know, programs change constantly, guidelines change constantly. And as long as you're up to date and you, you know you're sort of inquisitive and you keep on top of the trends you're not going to find too many surprises but there's always something so it's really important i think to have somebody working for you that not only has the best rates and fees right but offers the best service and to me that's the most important thing people think that real estate is financial it's two by fours it's bricks and mortar and everything it's a people business mm-hmm. More, you know our whole industry is is based on people human beings yeah, yeah human beings why are human beings out getting a mortgage well they had a kid and they need to move or they're downsizing or you know it's life events and it's very human you know i think maybe we should just end on that note to all these humans that are listening to us right. we'd love we'd love your feedback um please d- don't hesitate to write something in the comments where we post this um you know one of us if you're listening to this so get a hold of us let us know how we're doing uh any topics that you'd like discussed on our podcast we would love to do some research on them and 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 maybe have you in actually to answer to ask us questions that would you know we'd be happy to do that sometime too so my name is paul st andrew i'm a realtor with remax results i'm justin sheeler with remax results as well joel benson true stone home mortgage greg rios true stone home mortgage thanks fellas have a good day everybody this has been twin cities on the move a real estate and mortgage podcast Paul St. Andrew and Justin Sheeler are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find Paul online at minnesotahomesales.com and Justin at justinsheeler.com with Sheeler spelled S-C-H-E-E-L-E-R. Joel Benson and Greg Rios are mortgage consultants with Truestone Home Mortgage, a division of Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union. And they can be found online at truestonehomemortgage.com slash joel hyphen benson and truestonehomemortgage.com slash greg hyphen rios. Truestone is spelled T-R-U-S-T-O-N-E and rios is spelled R-I-O-S. 
Truestone Home Mortgage and Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union are not affiliated with REMAX or REMAX results. This show has been produced by Minnesota Podcasting, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of REMAX results, Truestone Home Mortgage, Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union, or Minnesota Podcasting. 